This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk about acupuncture and traditional Chinese veterinary medicine for horses. Acupuncture and traditional Chinese veterinary medicine are two forms of alternative therapies that are becoming more widely used in human health care. Actually, the veterinary medicine part, not. The traditional Chinese medicine is being used in human health care. Horses can benefit from acupuncture and traditional Chinese veterinary medicine, and veterinarians around the country are beginning to see the value of this type of therapy in treating a whole host of equine problems. Today, we're going to find out all about acupuncture and TCVM with Dr. Kate Gentry Running, DVM, a certified veterinary acupuncturist. Dr. Kate, as I like to call her, is also a trainer and breeder of cutting horses. We'll talk to Dr. Kate right after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon Horsing Around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with veterinary acupuncturist, Dr. Kate Gentry Running, to talk about acupuncture and traditional Chinese veterinary medicine. Dr. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you, Audrey. I'm thrilled to be here. How is uh, everything in Tolar, Texas? Things in Tolar are a little bit, uh, well, they're warmer today. We had some freezing rain come through last night. So, you know, it's typical Texas weather, Audrey. If you don't like the weather today, just wait because uh, tomorrow it'll change. I've heard that about Texas. <laughs> I don't have that problem <laughs> in Southern true. California. So, first off, why don't you explain to everyone what acupuncture is? Acupuncture in its in its broadest sense. First, I'd like to clarify the fact that acupuncture is actually a part of traditional Chinese medicine on the human side or traditional Chinese veterinary medicine on the veterinary side. We'll just call it TCVM to make it short. Acupuncture, TCVM is actually an entire health care program that includes acupuncture, food therapy, uh, a massage chiropractic body manipulation called Twina, and 
herbs and also uh, uh, what we call on the human side the feng shui, which is making sure that your environment's balanced. But of course, anyone with horses knows how important it is that important it is that they have a balanced environment. So acupuncture is one of the five-fold parts of TCBM, and it has to do with manipulating the flow of energy through specific pathways of the body called meridians, and I like to explain acupuncture points as being little, oh, they're like little floodgates where if there's too much energy, you can close that energy down. If there's not enough energy, you can open that little floodgate up so that more energy flows. Um, For example, in Chinese medicine, pain always means stagnation. When you have pain of any kind, it's because you have stagnant energy. Um, You can kind of test that on yourself. When you have pain and you put your finger on the area that's painful, you know, it hurts. and And you think, well, that's pretty simplistic, but just think about it. Why does it hurt? Because when you take your finger away, it quits hurting. It's because you've broken up that stagnation. So that's how we use acupuncture is to open up that flow of energy and get energy moving. Now, tell us what traditional Chinese veterinary medicine is and how it ties in. Because when I say that, I'm thinking, I guess, of the herbal component. Right. And that's probably the biggest, uh, the biggest part, um, Audrey, is that the herbal, and when we talk of herbs in traditional Chinese medicine, it's not the herbs that you go to the local health store and get something over the counter. These are herbs, combinations of herbs, the Chinese herbal prescriptions that have been in use for over a thousand years. In fact, by definition, a traditional Chinese medical herbal prescription, when you say traditional, uh, a traditional classic prescription has to have been in constant use for over 400 years. Um, And certainly, you know, even our own FDA doesn't have anything that it's been testing for 400 years. So the Chinese are (laughs) way ahead of us. They're way ahead of us in that. The herbs are extremely powerful. It's just amazing how they work. And so it's something that you don't ever want to try to do that at home. Please don't try to do that at home. And if you're going to use the Chinese herbal prescriptions or or acupuncture as well, please don't go to anyone but a veterinarian that is certified and knows what they're doing. You know, a big misconception a lot of times of some of the alternative practices is that, well, gee, they're really great and they don't cause any harm. That's not true. In the wrong hands, there can certainly be some problems. But the, the Chinese herbal prescriptions are just wonderful. They're, they're very, very strong and can do a lot of good things. And we use these in conjunction with acupuncture. Together, they work synergistically to really bring about some pretty powerful changes. And then, of course, the body work called Twina is actually using energy work or body work. I call it Chinese chiropractic. It's probably the easiest way to help people understand. But it's moving through massage and body work energy along those acupuncture meridians. Uh, Something I like to teach my clients when I work on a horse, when I'm finished up with my treatment and I've done my herbal prescription, I've completed my acupuncture, I like to show every client Okay, this is what you can do. Here's some points that you can work on and manipulate in between my visits that will really help your horse. Give us um, some examples of how acupuncture and Chinese medicine help horses. 
Okay. Well, actually, it's, it's a great time to ask that question because right now in the horse world, it's the beginning of the breeding season. And I've been doing uh, reproductive acupuncture. This will be my fifth year now. And I've already started working on mares that have historically been a problem. Sometimes it's young mares that because they've been on a lot of drugs to manipulate their heat cycles when they're performing, things like regimate and all of that, we've kind of messed things up a bit. And so it's difficult to get those mares to cycle again. On the other hand, sometimes we have older mares that will tend to pool a lot of fluid in their uterus, and it's very difficult to get them pregnant. Uh, Some of these mares just won't respond to drugs anymore, like oxytocin, to firm up that uterus. And so we can use acupuncture needles to actually get that fluid out of there. And it's pretty remarkable, Audrey. The reproductive center that I work at, uh, the doctor will tell me that, say, here's the mares I want to breed, and these mares are pooling fluid, and I need this fluid out of here by the end of today because we've got semen coming in. So I'll treat them, and she just knows now that when she goes back to breed these mares, that fluid's gone, and that's just really exciting. We can also use acupuncture to get mares to start cycling. Mares who don't make, uh, for example, maiden mares sometimes when they have their first baby, they don't have good milk production, and we can actually use acupuncture to get milk production. So you know, the, the thing to me that's very exciting is that, yes, of course, we use it a lot for performance issues, pain to help with healing, joint inflammation, muscle soreness. We use it a lot for that, but we also can use it for hormone uh, issues or um uh, another good area is postoperatively when horses have had colic surgery, their intestines don't move very well. It's called uh, ileus, which means the intestines aren't moving well. And, of course, that's devastating in the horse. So the good news is, is you've resolved the colic surgically, but now you've got intestines that aren't moving like they should. And a lot of that has to do with the anesthesia that we have to use. We can place acupuncture needles in those horses immediately postoperatively and get the GI tract to move. It's pretty cool. Now, there's uh, vet schools now that are starting to teach veterinary acupuncture. Is that correct? Yes. CSU, Colorado State, Tufts University, they're doing quite a bit. Um, Cornell is is doing some, uh, some at the University of California, Davis. They're now offering uh, some acupuncture in their curriculum. And some of the, well, there's not a whole lot of people that are criticizing or taking shots at acupuncture because it has been shown in both human and animals uh, anecdotally to work. But some of their arguments are, well, there's been no double-blind scientific studies. How do we know this is, you know, legit? What's your answer to that? That's interesting. I just had that conversation with a veterinarian who is an avian practitioner and board certified and just got back from a large conference and we were discussing that and I I had talked to her, you know, one of the frustrating things, uh, I guess the the analogy of cribbing in a horse for a bird would be feather picking and birds will literally strip themselves of all their feathers and I was telling her that I treated three cases of feather picking in birds that responded dramatically to that. Well, she still wasn't convinced and she said the same thing, the double blind study and all of that. Well, I explained to her that Unfortunately, it costs money to do those double-blind studies. For example, to do that particular study, if you wanted to do it on feather picking, you would have to have, say, 20 birds 
10 of which did not receive acupuncture for feather picking and the other 10 would receive acupuncture. But in every other way, their lifestyle, their food, everything had to be exactly kept perfectly the same. Well, you can imagine how difficult that would be. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is there's no funding from drug companies. Why would they want to study? Because, you know, drug companies aren't that excited about acupuncture because we can do many of the same things without drugs. So I, while I recognize that, there's actually been a tremendous amount of research done in Asia, of course, getting that translated from Chinese or Japanese or Korean, that's kind of a, a challenge, but there's getting to be more and more studies done. For example, I'm in a master's program for advanced acupuncture and TCBM, and of course, to get my master's, I've got to do a research project. So by encouraging doctors like myself to get a PhD or a master's, we will do those studies and have legitimate double-blind studies that will support our research. So slowly but surely, we are getting that done. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a difference between the way Westerners, uh, you know, traditional Western medicine people view how acupuncture works as opposed to the Eastern views of acupuncture. Yes. I think in the Western world, when you look at the paradigm of the Eastern versus the Western, it's completely different. The, the Western mindset, uh, we're raised and trained as doctors, find the thing or things that's wrong and fix them, cut them out, replace them, whatever. And that's not wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would not want to be a veterinarian that uh, practices and uh, if, if, if I couldn't set a fracture, that wouldn't be a good thing. And there's obviously times you need surgeries. But the Western side of things looks at it as a more of a reductionistic perspective. The Eastern side of things realizes that everything in your environment Um, if you're stressed, your home life, everything that you eat, everything in the body, nothing happens in the body that isn't affected by something else in the body. If I take a drug to help my liver, it's going to affect everything else. Now, we're starting to see that in, in the Western world, and it's only been recently, Audrey, that people, you know, even Western doctors said that, gosh, maybe stressed out people are causing their body problems. Well, the Chinese knew this thousands of years ago. So it's a, it's a different kind of paradigm. And what I find is that a lot of Western-trained veterinary acupuncturists are looking to explain acupuncture in Western terminology. Now, we do know that there have been studies done where they have proven with electron microscopy that there are acupuncture points. We know that if we stimulate acupuncture points, we absolutely will get a release of cortisol and catecholamine and hormones. I mean, they have documented that. They know that. And they are trying to explain that from a Chinese perspective. We look at it from a whole, we, we call it, you know, balancing the system. So we explain it differently. It's probably very difficult. It, it's almost like, if, you, for example, if you look at a Chinese veterinary textbook, you won't find diseases in there like diabetes and Cushing's. They recognize those diseases, but 
we define them in terms of an imbalance of energy. And, for example, um, Western arthritis. There's basically three different kinds of, of Western arthritis. There's infectious, traumatic, and immune-mediated, okay? But in Chinese medicine, there's 37 different kinds of arthritis. We can be so specific at finding the particular imbalance for that patient that the treatment sometimes, that's what makes it so effective if it's done by somebody that's really good at what they're doing. I know that there's a big difference in the way people look at it, but it seems to work no matter how you view it. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, Kate, we're going to go to a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how acupuncture can affect a horse's behavior. We'll be right back after these messages. What a long face. I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with veterinary acupuncturist Dr. Kate Gentry running to talk about acupuncture and traditional Chinese veterinary medicine. Kate, tell me how acupuncture affects behavior in horses. I know that you have had some experience, personal experience with clients um, where you've used acupuncture to change or help horses who have behavior problems. Well, Audrey, like we mentioned earlier in the program today, um, we view the mind and the body, it's absolutely all together. You don't affect something in the body without affecting emotions in the mind, and you don't affect the emotions in the mind without causing problems in the body. And a lot of times our horses' behavior problems or their mental well-being, uh, yes, we know about the environmental things. I mean, we know that it's not good to lock your horse up in a 12-by-12 stall and keep him there for days at a time. I mean, I'm, I'm sure our, our listeners know that, all the stereotypical behaviors that can happen. But we also know that, for example, mares that have cycles, uh, Western medicine says, well, that's easy. Let's just fix it so they don't cycle. Well, when you do that, you're using very powerful drugs and hormones that are going to have some bad effects down the road, all right? It makes those mares more prone to uterine infections. Sometimes it's very difficult to get them pregnant. I mean, just shutting down that reproductive cycle is not the way to go. Why not use acupuncture? and some Chinese prescriptions and let the mares go ahead and cycle 
and stay on their normal their normal uh, pat- reproductive pattern, but help them get rid of all the ugly, the witchy mare syndrome. And it's quite remarkable. Um, I treat a lot of performance mares with this issue. And of course, now with a lot of the embryo transfer that's being done, you've got mares that are competing and then they come to the repro center for a week and we've got a week to, you know, hopefully if they're cycling the way we want them to, get that embryo and they get back on the show road and go do their thing. And if you've been using a lot of strong hormones to shut down that reproductive cycle, you can't, you can't do it. Mares, I've treated mares that would refuse to nurture their new babies uh, to the point of being um, very dangerous. You couldn't leave the baby with the mama and you'd have to twitch her and to let the baby nurse and, and uh, treated, uh, treated several of these mares with just acupuncture needles alone and within 20, 30 minutes seen a dramatic difference and within a few hours, mama and baby were doing great and it, it, it can be quite remarkable. Why do you think in that case it worked? In that case, some of the mares, uh, what you have to do in that case is you have to find out what's the particular imbalance in that mare that's making her react that way. I may have two mares, both of them refusing to nurse their babies, and yet when I do an acupuncture exam, I may find an imbalance in those mares very different from one another, and I won't use the same acupuncture points for Mayor A as I will for Mayor B. A lot of them, they're very angry and they're frustrated about something. I don't, we're not always able to determine what, but by using specific acupuncture points to clear that anger frustration, I hate to step out there and say liver chief which is actually what it's called, but don't think that they have liver failure problems because that's not it at all. But for example, mares that are high-performance mares, type A personalities, they want to get out there and get the job done. Your, your best cutters, your rainers, your top-of-the-line horses, they're your great performers. They're just like people that are great performers. They can be high-strung, difficult to get along with, kind of a prima donna. And they actually manifest that in certain areas of their bodies, and you manipulate that and get that flow of energy the way it should be, and then all of a sudden these mares calm down and they they do fine. Have there been any issues where acupuncture has helped horses' behavior under saddle? Yes, there are specific points that I have used in some horses. I actually use stainless steel surgical staples. The same kind of staple that another that a surgeon might staple your horse. If you if you've had horses long enough and it's had an injury, at some point you've probably seen your horse get staples. Okay, I use the same staples and I will staple particular points to help horses calm down. For example, horses that get really really nervous when they go show, and the owners, you know, we shouldn't be using drugs or. Um, even if we could use them, uh, we, we wouldn't want to use them. And, of course, now with all the drug testing, we, we can't use them. And we find that in many horses, not all, but I would say it's my hands, it's been successful 80, 85% of the time that I can put these staples in these horses and they calm down, they focus better, they don't get so up when they the performance anxiety. And on the human side, when I show, actually, my acupuncturist put little bead implants in certain acupuncture points. It helps with my performance anxiety as well. So I use it for myself, too. 
Hmm. So when you use the staples, is that ac- considered acupuncture or is that acupressure? Yes. Actually, I call it acupuncture. There are several different types of acupuncture. There's regular needles that we use, and I think most people are familiar with. There's aquapuncture, where we use injections of B12 and saline, and we actually put a solution into acupuncture points. Um, that's particularly good if you're working a horse that doesn't like needles and does not want to stand around and let you manipulate needles. They don't like it. Or, for example, a horse is going to a show, and I can't go to that horse's show, but I want that acupuncture to last longer. You can actually get about a seven-day effect with acupuncture, and they've demonstrated that. That has been researched. This is stainless steel, which... I obviously can't stick a needle in a point and leave it there for a week. So I will take that same point and I will uh, stimulate it with an acupuncture needle and then come right behind it and put a staple in and it will ameliorate those effects. And I, I would call that more acupuncture than acupressure. Acupressure to me is never puncturing the skin. Mm-hmm. When you do okay. acupressure and I teach clients acupressure, you don't ever puncture the skin. Right. So does this hurt now? Because now I'm thinking, you know, staples, that sounds pretty radical. It's when we use them, actually, we um, sedate the horse. And Mm -hmm. it's not so much because the staples, to be honest, what happens is the horse hears that click. If you've ever heard a staple, the surgical staple makes a click. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting these, uh, the most efficacious points are around the ears and up under the forelock and all of that. And when a horse hears that clicking noise, of course, the first thing they do is pick their head up because they want to know, okay, where did I hear that noise? What's going on? Uh-huh. So we just sedate them. It just takes a second. We sedate them, put those staples in, and they wake up and, and, and they're fine. Okay. And then the acupuncture needles, those don't hurt, do they? All right. The needle itself doesn't hurt, but what can hurt is when we put a needle in an area of stagnation, that can be painful. So I tell people the first time I treat a horse or pet, I explain to them, I said, listen, it's it's a lie that this doesn't hurt. Sometimes it hurts a lot. I get acupuncture on a regular basis, and it can, but... It feels so good when that pain goes away that you kind of, you don't mind it. And most of the time, when we learn to manipulate our needles really, really carefully and all, I'm going to tell you, it's a rare horse that I can't acupuncture. And I say I, I think any good veterinary acupuncturist would tell you the same thing. But Mm -hmm. if there's a very painful area, sometimes the horse will not let us put acupuncture needles there because it just hurts so badly. But the neat thing about acupuncture is that I can go put those needles in another point far away on the horse's body and get the same effect because it's like a web. The energy web is all tied together like an interstate highway system. So I can put needles on the back, for example, and get the same treatment. Uh, Maybe he's got a sore fetlock, and I would love to put needles down there, but some horses just won't let you put needles in their lower legs. They just won't let you do it. So it's okay. I'll just put them on the back and get the same effect. So I've heard that there's a tingling effect as well sometimes when you put the needle in the spot. Yes. You can feel warmth. You can feel a heaviness. You can feel a tingling, and what I notice with horses is that 
I will put a needle in, and, and most of them, they get the ones I treat on a regular basis, they know it's going to feel good, and they look forward to it. They know it's going to feel good. It's pretty amazing. They'll leave a bunk full of alfalfa hay to come get their needles. Mm. And I'll put my needles in, and then you'll watch the horse's eye. Now, sometimes they'll get real relaxed, and they put their head down, and they go to sleep, and they get a droopy lip. And then all of a sudden, it's like they'll wake up, their pupils dilate. They'll turn around and look at that needle. Now, they haven't moved. I haven't touched the needle. And they'll turn around, and that needle will start twitching. So mm. they definitely feel it. And, and I expect that they have the same thing that happens to them that has happened to me when I've gotten acupunctured. So how does someone go about finding a qualified veterinary acupuncturist? I would think the first thing that you would do would be to, uh, first of all, talk to your regular veterinarian. Most veterinarians, even if they don't do it or they might think it's a little bit crazy, most of them are, are getting to the point now where they'll say, well, I don't do it and I don't believe in it, but Dr. So-and-so does it and I understand that he and she, or she's pretty good. I mean, if you can get a direct referral from someone that has used that acupuncturist, that's always a great way to start. You can also go to the uh, American Association of Equine Practitioners. I know a lot of people have found me through that organization. You can go to the American Academy of Veterinary Acupuncture website, AAVA, and veterinarians will be listed by state. Also, you can contact, if you're in one of the states that has a school, veterinary school that utilizes veterinary acupuncture, you can always find someone there as well. The Chi Institute at the University of Florida, where I'm getting my master's, uh, also has a list of veterinarians worldwide that do acupuncture. And Chi is spelled X-I, is that correct? Actually, it's C-H-I. They, C-H-I, they just like it sounds. Yes. Okay. Chi. In the Chinese, it's, it's Q-I, but they recognized Q-I. it, so they call it C-H-I, the Chi oh. Institute. Okay, and we're going to put some of these websites on the PetLifeRadio.com Horsing Around website so you can link to them as well. They'll be in the episode info box. So, Kate, I want to thank you for spending time with us and giving us the lowdown on veterinary acupuncture and traditional Chinese veterinary medicine for horses. It's all the time we have for today. I hope you'll come back and tell us some more next time. There's, we could talk for hours about this. It's a pretty amazing topic. I, I'd be happy to. I tell you, Audrey, the more I do it and the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. So there's probably right. enough to be going for the next 30 years. <laughs> right, right. Well, after you finish your program, then you'll have more to tell us, I'm sure. Yes. Okay, well, thanks again. And uh, if anyone has any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until then, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsing Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.